Capital Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A sexologist explained how people can experience full body orgasms while fully clothed without touching, which is also what happens when your mom watches Bridgerton. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, hey. Oh, now. Out of bounds. I don't like many jokes dealing with my mom's orgasms. Oh, he said it again. Make him stop. Uh, what's Bridgerton? It's very ahead, popular show on Netflix. My mom loves it. A lot of women love the show. Okay. Is that the one with like... Uh, it's got some hottie dude in it? Well, of course it does, but is that old-timey, Michael? Yeah, or? it is. My wife watches it. Yeah, they they love it. I, I can't... Historical what is, what is it with women in period costumes? It's just romance yeah. in old-timey days. Go figure. It's just... A, hmm. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to watch three westerns in a row. Of course, those are morality plays. Are they? The costume dramas, those are just porn for women. They're There's, disgusting. The morality plays of Alec Baldwin starring in one. Hey, yeah. Yeah. never yeah, forget. Th- <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, what's it? We got a good email on that. I got it around here somewhere. Oh, here it is. Before well, like we get Baldwin. into s- significant he, he stuff. Is com- I, I, I was about to say, he's completely without guilt in this story, but... You know, he's he's the big star in production company, and so maybe he had some role in the slipshod nature of uh, the armory there and everything like that. But for the most part, it seems to me that he had nothing to do with it. You handed me a gun in a movie. Why did you hand me a freaking loaded gun on the movie set? What the Co- hell? A couple of responses via email before we get into the heavy, heavy substance of the hour. Morning, gentlemen. I grew up in a rural area where most families had guns in the house. As kids, we respected guns. One day in grade school, a few of my friends had a real gun with no adults around. The first guy opened the chamber, it was a revolver, and flipped it closed, saying, it's empty, then handed it to another friend who stuck it in his holster. The first kid yelled at him, what are you doing? Don't take my word for it. Check for yourself. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good kid right there. Even kids in grade school knew how to handle a gun safely. I don't know the protocols of having a gun on the set. People seem to be focusing on how a real bullet got on the set or whose job it was to do what. All I know is that everyone who handled the gun failed. Uh, that's a good point. Somebody hands me a gun, says it's empty. The only problem is if the uh, the blank rounds that they use for production look like real rounds if I, say, you know, flipped open a revolver, opened the chamber on a semi-automatic. Have you heard any answer to why we're still doing it that way in the modern world where you can... I assume because it's cheap. Mm. You get the visual, you get the bang. Although most sound in movies is is folded in or, or re-recorded or whatever. Anyway, uh, and one more email. Tim writes... Guys, uh, since only uh, about 11 kids without serious underlying health conditions have died since the start of COVID-19, and since Alec Baldwin has shot two people, statistically, if you're a healthy kid, you're about 20% as likely to be shot by Alec Baldwin as you are to die from COVID since last year at the start of the pandemic. Now let's play the media game and only look at the recent surge of Alec Baldwin shootings. (laughs) Assuming one otherwise healthy child died in the last few weeks, uh, likely a large oversample, a health... Healthy kids have a 200% greater chance of being shot by Alec Baldwin than of dying from COVID in the last latest two-week rolling average. Those are just numbers. You can't argue with them. Or following the statistics. Doesn't this mean blue states need to enact immediate lockdowns to protect children from the threat of Alec Baldwin? Love the show. Alec Baldwin. Love your note, Tim. Nice. Lies, damned lies, and statistics. I love examples like that. Yeah, buddy. 
So uh, we're going to start this multi-part feature right here, then pay it off in a couple of minutes. But uh, And we did this a little earlier this morning, but it is so interesting and compelling and so important. We want to make sure everybody who listens um, to the radio show got to hear it. First of all, according to Reuters and uh, this big organization, uh, what's the name of these people? Uh, it's the World Bank and IHS Market uh, did a study of all the ports around the world, all the significant ports. And Southern California's L.A. and Long Beach ports handled most of the ocean cargo, of, uh, more of the ocean cargo of any ports in the United States. But they're some of the least efficient in the world. Forty percent of our stuff comes through those two ports in the country. They are the only ones that rank in the top 20, um, but we're way, way way behind technologically on those ports. So they reviewed 351 container ports around the globe. L.A. ranked number 328 out of 351. That is unbelievable. There's no excuse for anything in the United States ranking behind countries that walk into the Olympics with athlete. For instance, it ranks just behind Tanzania's Dar el Salaam and Alaska's Dutch Harbor ports. The adjacent port of Long Beach came even lower at 333, um, ranked behind Turkey's Nimrut Bay port and Kenya's Mombasa. China has ports working 24 hours around the clock with automated unloading of the ships and then restacking and all that sort of stuff. And we don't do that. And they mentioned the top ports in Japan, Saudi Arabia, then a couple in China, Taiwan. Ports in Asia, the Middle East, and North Africa dominated the top 50 slots. Just four ports in the U.S. cracked the top 100 um, uh, Philadelphia is at 83. Then you got Port of Virginia, New York, and New Jersey, and uh, Charleston, South Carolina is at 95. So it's just it's a miserable, miserable performance. One uh, thing we are so behind the world. One thing to point out as a side story: the reason some of these tiny little countries you've never heard of have such great automated new ports, China built them for them. It's right. part of their whole. Uh, you know, initiative to take over the planet. They, the Bel- they Belt and Road Initiative. They get all these different countries in their um in their web and uh and and owing them money and everything like that. So they build you a fancy new port, but you follow their rules to get the port. And then, you know, as you fall further and further behind in your payments, you follow their rules on everything. And you're using, and I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts about this, you use their equipment, their software, everything, so they'd have the ability to shut this down anytime they wanted to. All these different ports around the world. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and plow through and finish this up? We might run a little late, but who cares? So Ryan Peterson is this uh, port expert. He's in the industry. And he says, yesterday I rented a boat, took the leader of one of Flexport's partners in Long Beach on a three-hour tour of the port. three-hour tour. Oh, it was inevitable. Um, Here's the thread about what I learned. First off, the boat captain said we were the first company to ever rent his boat to tour the port to see how everything was working up close. The ports of L.A. and Long Beach are at a standstill in a full three-hour loop through the a port three complex. three-hour loop. Oh, boy. Passing every single terminal, we saw less than a dozen containers get unloaded. That's in three hours. There are hundreds of cranes. I counted only seven that were operating, and those seem to be going pretty slowly. It seems that everyone now agrees that the bottleneck is yard space at the container terminals. Now, the containers are those big boxes you see on the boats, obviously, and, and we're going to refer to, you know, I'll just call the trucks trucks. Um, if I say chassis, that's how they refer to trucks. It's the technical term in the port business. Anyway, uh, the terminals are simply overflowing with containers, which means they no longer have space to take in new containers, either from ships or on land. It's a true traffic jam. Right now, if you have a truck with no empty container on it, you can go pick up 
containers at any port terminal. However, if you have an empty container on that truck, they're not allowing you to return it except on a highly regulated basis, highly restricted. If you can't get the empty off the truck, then you don't have a truck to go pick up the next container. And if nobody goes to pick up the next container, the port remains jammed. With the yard so full, carriers and terminals are being highly restrictive in where and when they will accept empties. Also, containers are not fungible between carriers, so the truckers have to drop their empty off at the correct terminal. This is causing empty containers to pile up. This one trucking partner alone has 450 containers sitting on trucks right now at his yard. This is a trucking company with six different yards for storage that represent 153 owner-operator drivers. So he has almost three containers per truck at his yard for every driver on the team. He can't take the containers off the truck because he's not, not allowed by the city of Long Beach zoning to store empty containers more than too high in his truck yard. If he violates this code, he'll be shut down altogether. With the trucks all tied up storing empties that can't be returned, there are no trucks available to pick up containers at the port and with all the containers piling up in the terminal yard the longshoremen can't unload the ships what are they going to do with the containers and so the queue grows longer with now a hundred ships containing maybe six hundred fifty thousand containers waiting offshore it might even be more it might be seven hundred fifty thousand this line is going to get longer not shorter this is a negative feedback loop rapidly cycling out of control that if it continues unabated will destroy the global economy that phrase is uh not a something you should toss off will destroy the global economy yeah, that's the sort of thing probably should not be glossed over. It's the gets... greatest interruption, beyond a doubt, it's the greatest interruption in the world economy ever. Right, right. Uh, other than maybe World War II, although a lot of people got rich during World War II. There was a hell of a lot of uh, production. We were so, not near as interconnected. You couldn't interrupt the point. world economy back then. So that's the reason this is the biggest interruption in the world economy ever. Excellent point. So how do we fix this, you ask? Simple. And we can do it fast now. And then he goes into something I found quite interesting. I hadn't thought in these ways because, you know, what I do for a living. When you're designing an operation, you must choose your bottleneck. If the bottleneck appears somewhere you didn't choose it, you aren't running an operation. It's running you. You should always choose the most capital-intensive part of the line to be your bottleneck. In a port, that's the ship-to-shore cranes. The cranes should never be unable to run because they're waiting for another part of the operation to catch up. That's what he meant by all that. The bottleneck right now is not the cranes. It's yard space at the container terminals. And it's empty trucks uh, to come clear those containers out. In operations, when a bottleneck appears, somewhere you didn't design it, you must overwhelm the bottleneck. Here's a simple plan that the president and Gavin Newsom partnered with the private sector, labor, truckers, and everyone else in the chain must implement today to overwhelm the bottleneck and create yard space at the ports so we can operate again. One, executive order effective immediately overriding the zoning rules in Long Beach and L.A. to allow truck yards to store empty containers up to six high instead of the current limited two. Why didn't that happen two weeks ago? Probably because bureaucrats who, once they have power, they they don't relinquish it, and they want to make sure you know they're in charge. We're going to have to study this. We're going to have to go through committees, blah, blah, blah. Make it temporary. Fine, 120 days. This will free up tens of thousands of trucks that right now are just storing empty containers on wheels. 
These trucks can immediately be taken to the ports to haul away the containers. Two, bring every container truck owned by the National Guard and the military anywhere in the U.S. to the ports and loan them to the terminals for 180 days. Three, create a temporary container yard, container yard at a large piece of government land adjacent to an inland railhead within 100 miles of the port complex and then have the railroads haul the empties to those sites and store them. Five, bring in barges and small container ships and start hauling containers out of Long Beach to other smaller parts that aren't backed up. This is not a comprehensive list. Please add to it. We don't need to do the best ideas. We need to do all the ideas. I can't stress enough how bad it is for the world economy if the ports don't work. Every company selling physical goods bought or sold internationally will fail, and we must overwhelm the bottle to get these ports working again. The circulatory system of our globalized economy has collapsed, and thanks to the negative feedback loop involved, it's getting worse, not better, every day that goes by. I'm happy to lead this effort if asked leadership is the missing ingredient at this point sounds a little like afghanistan yeah bottleneck of a different kind it sounds like a lot of problems the solutions are there but working through the fiefdoms the stubborn mall copish uh, local and city and state and federal governments is just it's unproductive it's too slow this is why so many people are chanting let's go brandon at college football games is this the coarsest time in recent memory i heard on msc and nbc that it is yes uh it's not and we've got some examples stay tuned for that armstrong and getty The Armstrong and Getty Show. They're going to help kick this thing off. All right, guys, ready? In three, two, one. Drivers, start your engines. Let's go, Brandon. Oh, boy. It's become so prevalent that they do a race where they start it with some cute little kids to do the gentlemen start your engines, and some little kid says, let's go, Brandon. We got a text earlier from somebody who said, hey, guys, I'm not in on the let's go, Brandon joke. What the heck is that? Here's a NASCAR race from a couple of weeks back. The crant, the crowd was chanting, not let's go, Brandon, here. All of our partners. Oh, my God. Such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me. Hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. Told me you were going to kind of hang back those <laughs> stages and just watch and learn what learned that helped you there in those closing laps. Oh, my it was okay. uh, I didn't learning realize, how I didn't realize it went on that long. Oh, yeah. yeah. As the crowd chanted F Joe Biden. No wonder she had to cover for it. Well, the <laughs> Washington Post, with an article clutching their pearls, declares, let's go Brandon, F Joe Biden, and FJB, which I guess is a thing, on a whole nother level and far more vulgar and, vulgar and widespread than anything that has happened in recent memory in politics and how <laughs> awful the discourse has gotten. Byron York of the Washington Examiner said, oh, really? Let's take a look at some of the recent things that happened about Trump, since you think this is just so awful. And you gave a couple of great examples, including this one. In June of 2018, the actor Robert De Niro appeared at the Tony Awards ceremony in New York. His role was to introduce a performance by Bruce Springsteen, but he started with this. I'm going to say one thing. F. Trump. 
The audience gave De Niro a standing ovation. As they cheered, De Niro said, It's no longer down with Trump. It's F Trump. Now, this was not some woman woman standing on a street corner in Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Washington Post mentions that Joe Biden went to his hometown and a woman was standing on the corner with a sign that said F Joe Biden. Just how awful that is that that happened. This was the most celebrated and honored actor of his generation appearing before the entertainment elite at the Tonys in a nationally televised event saying with great pride F Trump and getting a standing ovation. All right. And days of of praise for it in the lamestream media, as I recall. Absolutely. L.A. Art Gallery in June of 2020 had an entire art gallery donated, and various works of art donated to variations of F. Trump, according to the L.A. Times Magazine, which they thought was just fantastic. In August 2017, the rapper Eminem did a, a concert in London in which he had the entire crowd chanting, When I say F, you say Trump. It was also televised. Just three examples, says Byron York, of how F. Trump was out and proud and prominent, and everybody just thought it was hilarious when people said that. And now a woman on a street corner with a sign is seen by the Washington Post as a sign of just how awful right-wingers are. Right, right. and and uh, And I thought it was awful at the time. The freaking Tony Awards... To say that, I mean, come on, you talk about the coarsening of society. Hey, Washington Post, do you do you really not have enough self-awareness to realize how stupid that article is? Well, and to ignore that while clutching your pearls at a bunch of drunk college football fans chanting. They chant a lot of funny stuff at college football games. I wouldn't worry that much about it. And I'm not in favor of F-bombs and coarsening, but come on, quit your bitching. Where's it go from here? It just seems to keep escalating. I don't know where the end game is. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But then October comes. The World Series, and we're reminded again why we love this timeless game. That's the word, timeless. Baseball is different from our other sports, like football and basketball, because it is the game without a clock. That's true on the field, where time is kept not by minutes, but by outs. You're always alive in baseball, as long as you have an out to give. Little roller up along first, behind the bat! Just ask the 1986 New York Mets. Boy, just hearing Vin Scully's voice got me excited. Ah, yeah. That is the cool thing about baseball. And I wish I watched more of it. I was just looking at this highlight package they had from CBS. Uh, I, they must have the World Series because they're, they're pimping it, I'm guessing. Hmm. Do they yeah, or not? I thought that was on Fox, but I could be wrong. Anywho, that is what makes baseball so exciting. The great moments happen because it's never over. Right, right. The winning um, point can be scored at the beginning, in the middle, or at the end. Yeah. Or many, many, many winning points can be scored at the very end. Yeah. I wish I watched it more often. I love baseball. I'm going to be skipping the World Series, though, because it's being played in such horrifically racist locales. That's right. Texas. Jim Crow on steroids. Texas and Georgia demand driver's licenses to vote, which is worse than Jim Crow, according to President Biden. So I, I will not be watching it either. I wish the WNBA was still playing. <laughs> <clears throat> excuse, excuse me. Sorry. 
Oh, is that my phone? Sounds I'm like sorry. your phone. Yeah, that's weird. Why, where'd that come from? It's the voices in my head. They're now audible. Uh, <laughs> your voices yeah. in your head are so loud, other people can hear them now. Yeah, I believe uh, it's on Fox. Hmm. Um, well, then good on CBS just doing a World Series promotion just because then. Yeah, yeah. Well, we used to early in our career, we regularly claim that our station was airing stuff that wasn't. Yeah, we always would say that. Of course, you can hear the World Series right here on the home of the Houston Astros. <laughs> right, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> oh, boy. And that was probably illegal. <clears throat> anyway, 0-2. But, of course, the uh, MLB All-Star game was run out of majority black Atlanta, where all of the black merchants and workers would have benefited from it, and placed in lily-white Denver, which has very similar electoral laws because of that idiotic and fake flap over perfectly reasonable voting insurance that that Georgia enacted, reenacted after COVID. That was almost well after the COVID paranoia. That was almost certainly illegal. We did that all the time. Of course, you'll hear that Lakers game right here on the home of the Lakers. <laughs> no matter where we were, anyway. <laughs> So I uh, I apologize for the uh, the extra scratchiness of my voice uh, this uh, this show. Coronavirus. I, well, that's right, Doctor Cardi. Probably. Um. So I we met uh, some friends of friends last night at the the golf course where we we play mostly, and um and had a lovely time. But I noticed my voice was getting scratchier, and I was having to clear my throat more. And I thought, wow, that's weird. Maybe I had a long day tomorrow. We did, did the podcast interviews. Maybe my throat's just hard. Then I woke up this morning and realized, oh my gosh, yeah, I clearly I have. I have congestion. I have a, a bit of a scratchy throat. I it's clearly I got the vid. Which, which, <laughs> which you could have gotten for me because I had it a week and a half ago. Well, right, but uh, you know, I thought for sure I've got what I used to call the Chinese bat fever. But thanks to a loyal listener, Robert, who wrote in and says. Uh, in honor of the Fauci China connection, the best name would be the Thou Shi fever. Better in print than audibly. Yeah. Fao Z-I is in Chairman Xi, the communist dictator. More, the Fao Xi fever. More droll than laugh out loud funny. Try it out. It rolls right off the tongue, he says. Yes, it does, Robert. It rolls in, in, in deep. But so I uh, I, I woke up and uh, was feeling this, and I, I got my wife, and I said, oh, I got to get a test. Where do you think I got to get a test? And she says, well, we've got some, which I'd totally forgotten about. And so I did myself the test, and it came back negative. Um. Is this and the one so, with the little pink stripes? Yes, I took exactly. one of those yesterday, as a matter of fact, because I got a sore throat yesterday, and I thought, holy crap, did it come back? Which it does on some people. Uh, but I took the little thing, and no no two pink stripes for me. No, and so it's it's just, it, it appears to be a mild cold, which I've had a thousand of in my life, and, and we'll have a thousand more, God willing. And it's funny, for the last, gosh, what, 18 months at least, any any sniffles, any scratchy throat, whatever, it just... It's the vid. It's got to be the vid. I got the vid. It's the vid. And it's like, oh, yeah, colds. Omni-freaking-present. Starting around this time of year. Yeah, well, I did the opposite. I just assumed I did have a cold, so it didn't even, I didn't even cross my mind that I might have COVID. It really That's didn't. weird. We talk about it every day on the show. I don't know. I just thought I'm never around anybody. I always wear a mask. Ah, and yeah. my allergies have been killing me, so I just thought, yeah, it's my allergies. Yeah, fair enough. I I have been to uh, a pretty significant gathering pretty recently, dozens of people inside multiple times. And so um, I thought, wow, I wonder if I, yeah, I'll bet I did. And I'm vaccinated. 
and uh, and a, a pretty healthy guy. And so I thought, yeah, this is how it. This is the mild COVID. I'm now one of the numbers. I'm a case. Do I call the New York Times personally, or do they find out about me somehow or other? But no, it turns out no. I got a freaking cold. I don't do anything. I've done one thing in like the last year. I went to the Dodgers Giants playoff game, and I think I got it there. Hmm. Which. You know, they talk about outdoor stadiums and stuff like that, but most stadiums have the big indoor tunnel where you wind your way up to the top. That's more or less indoors. It's pretty well ventilated, but you also have an incredible density of population. A lot of people. I mean, you're all just shuffling along shoulder to shoulder. I think that's where I got my COVID and then gave it to the whole family. Wow. Wow. But now we're super immune, I think. Well, yeah, I, I suppose. And actually, I was kind of thinking, wow, this makes me like a crazy immune. But no, it's just a damn cold. So it, it's just funny. I know it's a, it's, it's a subtle point. Maybe I'm not making any sense. But just to be reminded, oh, yeah, colds. That's right. And and it's fine. And every time you get the sniffles, doesn't mean you're dying or going to spread it to all your coworkers and bring your company to its knees. No, we've lived with this stuff forever. Oh, and that reminds me, I came across this really interesting uh, piece. This is actually out of Japan, but scientists have recently developed a vaccine that could end pandemics caused by diseases that emerge in animals. For instance, the Fauci-manipulated Wuhan bat fever. A new study reveals in experiments the vaccine halted five different types of coronaviruses in their tracks, including COVID-19. Well, that would be awesome. I would say this. You want to avoid the COVID. If you're the sort of person who says, I'm not worried about it, and that was me. I wasn't worried about it. You want to avoid the COVID in your family because of the pain in the ass it is. Like my kids, I got two kids in two different schools with two different sets of rules, but they have to be out for weeks. So the kids aren't going to school. You can't get a babysitter to sit your kids when your kids have COVID. I mean, it's a it's a pain to deal with it. Oh Lots yeah. Of, and I had a buddy who really enjoyed the time off. His his company made him stay home for like two three weeks. So he just like okay, I'll just chill on the couch and watch movies. But um, you know, depending on your situation, it can really be upsetting to your uh, the rhythms of your life. Oh yeah, absolutely. So this Japanese team genetically engineered the spike protein protein of SARS-CoV-2, but according to Dr. Fauci, uh, because of the framework of the agreement of the study of the framework, no, it wasn't gain of function. We didn't finance that part of it. No, that's not, that's not true, you lying liar. Anyway, uh, the virus uh, the covering its head with additional sugar molecules an interesting thing to do, made it impossible to hook onto the ACE2 protein in human cells that lead to infection. Anybody like a shot at that sentence? Nope. Nope. Okay. In vaccinated mice, I tell you what, I feel bulletproof. (laughs) The production of antibodies against the unshielded core midsection of viral protein was dramatically boosted. Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Uh, This also worked on the SARS outbreak bug. Three similar coronaviruses from bats and pangolins also hit a stone wall, according to the researchers. Looks to be a real leap forward. Uh, Washington Times around the COVID is reporting that half of Americans with mental illness, have not received any treatment during the pandemic. I don't know how that relates to normal times, but there's all kinds of people that didn't get a lot of stuff done during the COVID, not going to doctors and whatnot. Yeah, let's drill down in that. I mean, is it half of Americans who generally do get treatment? I don't know. Half in general. Yeah, okay. Could be misleading. Um, I had another point on the COVID and the thing and with the sugar molecules. and The fevers, the ventilators. Oh, have you heard anybody else bring up the whole Dr. Fauci Beagle's in Cage's story, I don't even want to like restate what it, the awfulness of it is, but no. it was reported by The Hill, which is a legit news source, 
the folks who listened to our show reacted to it like crazy. Yeah, it's a horrible animal experiments that, according to The Hill, Dr. Fauci was overseeing and, and helping with the funding for. Well, right, exactly. It, very much like the Peter Daszak and Eco Health Alliance uh, 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 sponsoring controversial uh, research offshore with just enough uh, arm length to have plausible deniability. You know, if, if things went terribly wrong, say, or if the public became aware of the torture of animals and was horrified. Yeah, it's, uh, it happens routinely, I guess. Wow. But Fauci is a friggin' liar. That much is absolutely true. Do you think he just believes his... So like I've said many times, I think he's James Comey. I think he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Look, in my hands, this is okay. It would not be in other people's hands. They would take it too far. Or you know they wouldn't they wouldn't handle it. But I they're I, not smart enough to take right. the chances that I am wise enough to be trusted with. I know what humanity needs, and these are yes. tests that need to be done. They're very important. The average person is not smart enough to understand it. So I'm going to continue to obfuscate what's happening here. Yeah, exactly. And 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 claiming that well, no, we didn't fund that aspect of the research. We funded the other eighty percent. Well, only somebody who doesn't understand how money works could possibly fall for that stupid line. The best example of fungibility to me was an old David Letterman joke that he always used to tell about how uh, Bum was asking for money. Hey, could I have some money? And uh, and uh, Letterman said, I'm not going to give you 20 bucks. You just use it to drink. And he said, oh, I got drinking money. That, that, that to me was like the best explanation of fungibility. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so you're not using your drinking money for food because that's your drinking money. Sure. Um, yeah, that's what Fauci was doing with the funding beagles, heads, and cages. Google it if you want to hear the story. I mean, it. Uh, I wish somebody would ask him that, among other things. Take a little of the rosy glow off of Fauci. Evidently, the whole Trump doesn't like Fauci, so I, as a anti-Trump person, will worship Fauci as a god, question nothing he does, except any abuses or crimes he might commit, just as a show of my anti-Trump tribal loyalties. I thought we were getting away from that a little bit. It's 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 so stupid. And who was that? Oh, it was Glenn Greenwald. Just beautiful indictment of people. How, what? anti-intellectual dishonest cretins you need to be to not recognize the dishonesty of Fauci at this point. Uh, We'll finish strong. That's what we'll do. We do it every single day. And we'll do that next. Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Whenever it rains, even a little here in L.A., our local weather and news people go hog wild. I can tell you it's ominous. Dark clouds are here, and we're starting to see a very light drizzle. You probably can't see it over uh, the camera right now and the lights. We're just now starting to get a light rain here in Santa Clarita. Rain hasn't reached you yet. It did earlier. The ground is still a little wet. I don't know if you can see it, Frank and Lynette, but there are some sprinkles. There are some sprinkles, as anticipated. It is raining here in Hollywood, and not just from the camera. I walked outside and saw it. And you have enough to ruin one's hair. Here's a live view, street vision. The uh, wipers are on. <laughs> Look at that. They got, the, they got the jet boat, just in case. <laughs> Um, don't worry, the governor activated the National Guard. We're going to be okay. It's- 
That's pretty funny. It's on you for watching it. That's what I say. <laughs> you want some 22-year-old with perfect hair to say it's sprinkling? <laughs> Lighten up, Francis. Oh, hey, by the way, did you see that story about a Spokane station that aired a pornographic video in the background of a weather forecast? No, how'd that happen? Yeah, well, that's not exactly clear. They inadvertently aired 13 seconds of pornography in the background what? while the local meteorologist was what? blissfully unaware. And I finally fit, found an unedited uh, copy of it on the web. And because, you know, they say pornographic, and you're thinking, well, wait Could a minute. Now. It appears to be a woman's backside, and blah, blah. seemingly, uh, well, let's see, uh, the, the woman is lying in bed. The camera then scanned in her body and showed her bare backside. And they mentioned that people showed no reaction to the clip, unaware of it. Well, I, I sought it out, and I, it was a little more than the way it was described. It was, uh, mm, she appears to have a male companion. In bed with her. <laughs> How does... And, and, well, it's either a male or a woman with an unusually large and hairy hand. <laughs> How in the heck does that end up... Jeez. Forget Alec Baldwin. How'd the bullet end up in the gun? How'd you end up with porn on your weather forecast? Well, and and, and, the, and the man's hand, apparently, in an act of uh, love and comfort, uh, manipulates the woman's backside in a way that makes all clear... <laughs> If you had to design one of those textbook illustrations for a high school health class, you would have the opportunity on that newscast. So, yes, it was it was uh, fairly pornographic. A statement issued by the Spokane City Police Department on Monday. The said police the, department made yes, it? Yes, you heard me. <laughs> I'm said calling the police. Police, why are you calling? I just saw porn on my weather. What? Uh, uh, so the uh, K- the good folks at KREM, that's the actual name of the uh, station, said an inappropriate video aired in the first part of the show. We are diligently working to make sure something like this doesn't happen again. Diligently? A statement issued by the Spokane City Police Department on Monday said the department's Special Victims Unit and Technical Assistance Response Unit, whatever that is, are investigating how the image appeared and where it came from. The station's personnel are cooperating fully with the SPD in the attempt to determine what happened at Ed, it read, adding that the disturbing image, it wasn't that disturbing, generated numerous calls from concerned citizens in the city and to county. To the police? Yes. Don't you call the TV station if you see that? I mean, if I you're going to call anybody, I wouldn't call anybody, but... Well, apparently the city the of Spokane has TV butt police, <laughs> <laughs> and that's who you call. Well, I'm glad they took partial responsibility. My uh, my oh, oldest kid actually responsibility. I'm sorry, you said. It, oh, of course they did. My daughter actually lives in that part of the world. I hope she wasn't damaged. I'll have to <laughs> blow a call in. And of course, if you see that sort of thing, call the police. Absolutely. Hello, butt police. It's time. It's time for final thoughts. Final thoughts. The final thoughts. It's time. It's time for final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. That's good stuff, there. Man, that music brings me back to a Monday nights at eight o'clock when I was a kid. Uh, here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the things for the day. Uh, there he is, pressing the buttons in the control room. Our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael. You know, I bet I know how porn ended up on that uh, weather report. An unpaid intern. <laughs> Somebody that was an intern at the station found out that his internship was not being, you know, was not a paid position, and then that's how he left. <laughs> it's a theory, anyway. Jack, you're the dang co-host. Do you have a final thought for us? I know I'm the World War Three guy, but I got this uh, article here in front of me. The Russian and Chinese warships that are teaming up to circle Japan is a big deal. 
Yeah, they're doing some war game stuff with Russian and Chinese warships working together to surround uh, Japan and float around a little bit. Oh boy! And I just, I just feel like because I've read so much about World War One and World War Two, I just feel like all everything's pointing toward one direction, just like it did before World War One and World War Two, and everybody knew it was kind of going that direction, but nobody had the ability to stop it. And mm. You just end up inevitably there. Troubling stuff. On a cheerier note, I'm pretty sure it was our three segment two that we did the dads on duty story. Beautiful life affirming affirming pro dad just good stuff if you missed it uh either go to wherever podcasts are distributed iheartradio.com or uh, or apple podcast or just go to armstrongandgetty.com grab the link uh listen to the podcast it's really cool Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. You can also go to armstrongandgetty.com for some of our Let's Go Brandon swag. We have t-shirts and hoodies and the ever-popular t-shirt. You can drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Look for hot links. Yep. We'll see you tomorrow with all the latest. Let's go, Brandon, and God bless America. What's going on here? I said bye. Screw it. I'm leaving. Okay. Now, I know you guys are having fun playing your game. I, are you sure of that, dude? I'm not a cat. A ha ha, a ha ha, a single ha ha. <laughs> it's rather preposterous, isn't it? I'm just saying. Th- this is not the answer to the problems America faces right now. But damn it! <laughs> Hear the chance from the the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.